Hey y'all, welcome to Beyond Consulting, the podcast dedicated to helping listeners navigate a career after consulting. I'm Stephen Haug, host of Beyond Consulting and director at ECA Partners. Each week on the podcast, we host folks who have spent time in consulting, but have since made a pivot or a career change. Before we get started, I want to thank ECA Partners for sponsoring Beyond Consulting. ECA is an executive search and on-demand consulting firm specializing in former consultants and private equity. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Eeyore Bauman, founder and CEO of Worky and former business analyst at PwC. Eeyore, welcome to Beyond Consulting. Uh, hello, Stephen. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure being invited today. And yeah, I'll be happy to do my best to explain the basis of my career and what was the next steps. Of course. And as I mentioned just a minute ago, you started your own business and you've been running that for a couple of years now. Certainly do want to hear the details of that. But before we get to where you are today, want to rewind and start at the beginning. Do you mind taking us back to around your college days and and want to dive into the PwC experience too? Yeah, definitely. So uh, talking about my educational background, I'm a bachelor's and master's degree in finance. I was studying in Tarasyshenko National University of Kyiv, Ukraine. It was a top university in Ukraine. And for us, working and studying in finance, we all also were thinking about, uh, like all my folks from university were thinking about some consultancy firm. Because for us, it's kind of big step to take to boost your hard skills, soft skills, and to boost your career. It's like perfect start from the university. That is why from the third year of study, I started to see how my senior friends were studying their PwC or KPMG or EY careers. And it was also a challenge for me to get there because like uh, the application process and their interview process is super hard. They challenge you on everything you can imagine and you can't imagine. And yeah, it's a real challenge. For myself, the story getting into consulting started from Nestle. I've been working in Nestle before. You know, like everyone knows the Nestle is uh, uh, FMCG company. And being in Nestle, I was participating in different like career challenges and business competition. And I hopped into one business competition. It was CE region, Central Eastern Europe region. And you're having your team and you are working on some business case solution. It happened that way that me with our team, I was leading our team at that time. We did our work really well. We hopped into competition and we won the national competition. And uh, after in the jury, it was, uh, there were like a couple of Fox senior managers from consulting firms. And at that point of time, PricewaterhouseCoopers was the strongest firm among different consultancy firms in Ukraine and in our region. That is why uh, being in the, like, in the top leading firm was like priority for me. And after their uh, competitions, they actually invited me for interview process. And this is how it like, this is how it started actually. After the application process, a couple of circles, it was really hard. I got an offer to step into the position of intern, like as a beginning position. This is where we, it started. So yeah, university and yeah, I've been, uh, I was on fourth year of study. At that point of time, and I already started my uh, price with house coopers. So for myself, it was a couple of years pretty intense because I was combining uh, during the day the work and during the night the university, but I did it well. 
And yeah, it was like nice and very intense years to think about. Great. I appreciate you walking us through that. It was exciting to hear how you really won your way into PwC. It sounds like that was a goal for quite a while. Whenever you joined PwC, did you expect to stay there for quite a while? Did you plan to be a, a partner or did you see it as a two-year job and then you move on? Uh, you know what? Like It really depends on your flow, how it goes. Because in some point of time, you see successful partners, managing partners that traveling a lot, that do have their expertise, being invited uh, on different TV shows, television, etc. And you see like big four companies, they really like pointing out clear benefits of being a partner and stay with the company. And I was lucky to work with a couple of colleagues that have been working in PricewaterhouseCoopers for 5, 10, 15, and 25 years. And for some, PwC was the only one workplace for the whole life. And it's like, it's really respectful because you invest a lot of your energy and almost uh, a whole life. You know that working in consulting is far away from being easy. At the same time, company also like reinvest into your personal development, into your like soft skills, into your education, into your relocation if you need it and in, if you want uh, to have another challenge. So yeah, definitely I had some, such thoughts, but uh, for myself, you know, everything like I'm mostly following the flow. I'm doing the best I can do, and but I'm always like keeping my head up in case of other opportunities that might be on the market. At that point of time, I've been working in strategy and operations department, and I had uh, great managers that I was lucky to work with and uh, that showed me, like, you know, what's the main kind of hint to be a great manager? The main hint of being a great manager is to give a great example. So all my managers were a great example, how they are struggling, how they are like working on things, how committed they are, and how smart they are. So that was great examples for myself, and uh, I learned a lot from their personal example. And uh, yeah, it was uh, nice to see how things are moving. And uh, at some point of time, I was working, pushing, and uh, looking for other opportunities. And after a couple of years of uh, consulting, at that point of time, we didn't have like specific direction because in most cases, on like well-developed market, you have strategy for FMCG, you have strategy for oil and gas. You have strategy for kind of transportation division. In our case, Ukraine market at that point of time were like not so big and our expertise were for different areas. So we've been working like with projects from FMCG, transportation and something, something, something else. So for us, it was like we were not much background and not much opportunities to build our expertise in a specific area. As for consulting professional, you have to be specifically focused into the area you are in. Uh, that is why I was looking for areas where I want to continue my career after consulting. And at that point of time, I had a couple of my clients from tech industry. It was like some blockchain and it was like some enterprise software development. And after uh, delivered a couple of uh, projects for them, I was invited to join them actually for a senior position with boost in my position, in my responsibility and my compensation as well. That is why it was like the next step for me. I want to dive into that first step after consulting as well, because so far in your career that we've talked about, you were at Nestle, very large company, PwC, another large company. The next company you joined was quite a bit smaller. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. 
Good. Can you tell us about you know, what that company was and what it did? Sure. So it was one of my clients and they were growing pretty fast, hiring people, hiring their clients, growing their expertise. And that was great opportunity for me to join like on early stages, what actually I did. One of my colleagues from PricewaterhouseCoopers, he joined that company before me. He was senior to me. And after that, after a couple of months, he said, okay, we have one more job opening. So would you like to join me? Because I also wanted to work with folks that I know and uh, I am like confident in their skills. That is why I've been invited to join that department as well. And yeah, that company was uh, pretty small. It was at that point of time pretty small comparing to PricewaterhouseCoopers. It was maybe roughly 40, 50 people in different countries and it was a software development company but with focus on blockchain it was 2016-17 year so blockchain technology was pretty new and a lot of companies were thinking of not about hype but we've been working with microsoft with uh, google as well with uh, big companies by integrating the blockchain into their processes Sharing our expertise, we did a lot of, we worked with California companies as well before as our clients, and we've been integrated blockchain into their supply chain, into their value chain to track the transactions. So for myself, it was nice because it's something new, right? Blockchain right now is pretty new, but a lot of people know blockchain because of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other coins, but not much people looking into the deep technology how you can utilize the blockchain for your personal needs, for your personal benefits. And that was the area I've been invited to work in. We've been working on uh, building blockchains for private companies. And it was really nice because it's like kind of business. You understand how blockchain operates, what work and what benefit it bringing to companies. And you are building business processes for the blockchain. You are evaluating different value chains, dependencies. And at the same time, you also thinking of what type of blockchain will work the best, how much time it will take to build it, how it is going be built etc so it's a kind of consultancy part of as a consultancy but uh, with specific focus on it into tech consultancy great and so this company the first one you joined after pwc was this hotel friend uh no it was application application so joining a the small company as we talked about what were some of the skills from consulting that translated very well and what were a few of the things that you had to learn on the job whenever you joined the smaller company yeah good question steven you actually also work as far as i remember right in consultancy business mm-hmm. and when you're moving to other teams other companies you can easily see how people from big four or big three companies are different from people who never work for such companies so the things that you noticing after like a couple of days working with those people and for me it was the same because you know in uh, price house coopers you have strict policy you have data requirements you have quality requirements deliverables requirements right you have guidance for a lot of things how to do it like what's the best practices and you really putting a lot of efforts into each comma, into each dot, into each slide you are delivering. It's really easy to compare like the approach of other people who didn't work into consulting before. So this one of the things was for me that I was getting used to is how people are different and how style of their work is different. I can't say that style was not effective. 
I can't say that they were like giving bad results. But the thing, how they are working on that is really different, like the approach, execution, right? And uh, yeah, that was the main thing. And definitely well, when you are in big company, you have levels of like management, you know to whom you should report, how you should do your work, uh, like even like dress code is important. When you're moving to tech, it's more kind of cozy environment. Everyone, we were, we, uh, we've moved from office to co-working spaces. We were renting office into co-working and in co-working space, you know, it's cozy, it's music, it's like a lot of talks, etc. This, this isn't the way how it works in, into big companies, especially in like uh, professional services like, as consulting. So that was second, like area, not area, atmosphere of the work is, was different and type of people and uh, their approach to work was different. I was bringing our like best practices from PricewaterhouseCoopers to the approach how you should lead conversations and relations with clients. How should you be responsible for deliverables for your commitments and how you should be very careful with estimations. Yeah, I can confirm that we were building our department, like our consulting department within that company. And I can confirm that we bring a lot of best practices into their company itself, into the culture. And yeah, I was happy to confirm that after some point of time, it was also pretty noticeable how it was uh, applied for marketing departments, for development departments, and more clients success departments. You've held a few different positions since your days at PwC. What is it that you look for in a company that gets you excited about it and makes you interested in joining a new company? Yeah, good question. So in most cases, it's just opportunities. So I was always a person who push a lot in anything you do. So for me, it was important to see that if I'll push a lot, it will bring some results and it will be noticed by my managers and I'll have opportunities to grow, to grow quickly. Because, you know, when I was working in PricewaterhouseCoopers, I, a couple of times I had double promotion. So I was able to do like double work and the result to get some bonuses, to get some promotion quicker rather than expected. So for me, it was my approach to execute things. And definitely I took this approach to other companies I've been working for. And uh, yeah, for me, that was um, one of the most important milestones to be able to push hard and to be able to, to be promoted quicker, like to grow my compensation quicker as well. So that was my first thing. And second thing, definitely it should be something that I'm interested in, like technology, type of clients, type of market, because uh, in PricewaterhouseCoopers, the good thing, I've been working for different verticals. I've been working for transportation, for uh, logistics, for FMCG, for uh, Horeca, for oil and gas, and for tech. And for me, I had like priorities where I want to do the next step. It was uh, tech. It was uh, transportation. I really uh, enjoyed working with transportation and I was even working on some big research uh, like uh, Silk Road from Asia to Europe. I was working on that research uh, within PricewaterhouseCoopers as well. I had that my credentials. Yeah, so that was another area for me and that is why I guess these two parameters. And uh, you, you can find your like folks that also value the same uh, when you moving to another opportunity, I guess. So you you were a leader in a number of startups, but for the past two years, a little over two years at this point, 
you've been running your own organization, Worky. Can you tell us a little bit about your motivation for starting your own business and then tell us what Worky is? Mm -hmm. Sure. So as you already noticed from our talk so far, I was also like trying to find place where I'll be able to push hard and like to get to some points faster than others. And, you know, when you're working for someone, you always can see like some barriers, right? Yeah, you can push hard, but maybe it's like your ambitions are like not supported by your management. Maybe your managers don't want you to push hard because you can like be their managers in the future and this is not the way they're expecting that. So in most of cases, when you are like pushing hard and you have like high ambitions, you in most cases you can feel some barriers, right? You can do like, you can be overloaded with some uh, operational things and you want to work mostly on strategy as well. So my ambitious was to be on the, not be on the level, but push hard and don't be limited by someone or something. Uh, so that was first ambition. And second ambition was about building global products. Because when I was in uh, previous companies, in most cases, when you are in FMCG or when you are in something else, you might be in some limits by the market itself. And my ambitions were building products not for local markets, but for global markets. So taking into account those two points, it was like my key drivers. But the main driver I was looking for is an idea. Because definitely there are like uh, dozens of ideas on the market, but it's really hard to find something that will motivate you, like first of all, right? That will make you like uh, wake up earlier, be ambitious, keep that fire in your eyes. I was having those two points as my key drivers, but I was in search for a third point, the idea. And that happened that way that during COVID, when COVID started, it was uh, 2020. Uh, I was working in a tech company. It was Intellect Soft. It was also a pretty huge company uh, comparing to previous companies. At that point of time, it was maybe a couple of, maybe up to 5,000 people in that company comparing to 50 that I was like before in other companies. So it was a high, big company and we had also big clients like Disney, Universal, etc. So it was like well-known companies and we were delivering software for them. When the COVID happened, we moved our delivery online. And for people who work in tech, it's pretty easy because I was working as a product analyst and business analyst. And for me, it's my laptop and I have all the information I need on my laptop. So definitely I need just electricity, good internet and a quiet place to deliver my work. But for thousands of professionals, and I did research at that point of time, in 2020, 400 million of professionals lost their job worldwide so almost half a billion of people and it was really um, challenge for a lot of professionals to move their work online and one of that professional was my mom my mom at that point of time she worked in therapy business for a private hospital in ukraine and due to covid that hospital was not ready to move to the all restrictions and it was just shut down my mom, having a lot of clients for personal appointments, she was struggling how to do work online with them because in most cases it's guiding them for some medicines, for some plan, checking the results, etc. And I advised my mom, maybe you should try Zoom or Google Meet. Or my mom said, okay, I'm already with Skype, but I have no idea how my clients can book me 
how my clients can pay me for my time for appointments how should i manage my clients how should i manage my back office like accounting taxes and i was thinking about having a personal website so it happens that at that point of time there was like no solutions that were taking things in one simple place that's why we decided to create worky a simple and intelligent workspace that carries that helps you to build your business with Worky, we are putting huge focus on having your personal website, your personal brand. At the same time, you are getting very flexible booking system, very flexible payment system. Uh, your clients book you directly without any fees. And at the same time, you can manage your clients, you can manage your finances and back office in one single place. So this is what work is today. Your Tell us a little bit about what you consider some of the most important attributes of a leader in an early stage company. Good question. So for myself, as I uh, was lucky to work with good professionals and really very talented managers, I noticed uh, only one thing, like one of the things that were related to them is how they care about their team. So for myself, it was really important to feel that based on my personal example. And this one of their skills I would definitely put in this list. It's uh, good team management and it's caring about growth, personal growth of uh, your team. It's investing into team is to be really, mm, really tangible how you are hiring and really invest into hiring. When I was working in PricewaterhouseCoopers, I was reading a lot about McKinsey. Uh, McKinsey is top three consultancy firms in the world, and they are really higher in terms of their like level of projects that they deliver. And I remember their approach to hiring. For example, they opening some position and they do interviews. They either find the perfectly matched candidate, either they don't hire at all. So there is like no option when they need a person to deliver some work, but there is like no great candidate, but they still hire them because it's uh, everything that market proposed. This is not their approach. So the approach that I'm taking is either we'll hire the right candidate, either we'll not hire at all. It's really hard to do in the startup because in startup you are limited by resources, you have no name and you need to deliver. So unfortunately, it's really super hard to do it in small companies. But this is like one of the approaches that have to be on place. It's hire the right people to make sure these people are on the same page with you regarding your vision, regarding their ambition. So they have to be ambitious to grow faster than they can and to deliver better results that they think they can deliver. So this is team. Second one is be committed to what you do and really like deliver things that are kind of top of quality that you can deliver. Care about uh, the way you do it and care about your key performance indicators. It's really important to set up your KPIs and to overperform them, not only for someone, but first of all for you to be really effective. And care about organic for a lot of businesses, organic is really important, but not a lot of businesses really care about organics. Organics is when people talking about your product, when people talking about your company and they are sharing about your company and they are coming to you organically. So I'd say these three points. Overperform your KPIs, care about team, and make sure you're providing your team visibility to grow to grow with their skills and their professionals and organic growth. 
Appreciate that advice, Eeyore. I know that's very valuable to a lot of our listeners. And on your last point there about the organic growth of your business, if anyone in our audience could use Worky for their small business that they're starting up, how would they find your services? Mm -hmm. Yes. So right now, maybe there are like dozens of channels we use for both paid and organic acquisition. We also do partnerships. So Work is partnered with Mercury. It's well-known U.S. companies that helping businesses and individuals to open their financial accounts. And we also partnered with Northwest Agent. So when you are at the point when your consultancy business is like already up and going, we help our users to create their limited liability company so they will be able to optimize their taxes. So about uh, channels we use, so we definitely use paid channels. So in most cases, your audience can Google, can search some information, how to start their coaching business, how to attract first clients, etc. In, in most cases, will be visible in Google into uh, first pages. Uh, we also do some YouTube ads as well. We also do a lot of organic. So uh, we have great content team and our team is delivering great content. Different tricks, hints, YouTube content. It's also content on Medium in Quora. And it's also sharing our experience on different conferences, on different podcasts, on different interviews and maybe news as well. So those are going to be for the organic channels. You know, I appreciate you walking us through your career and then telling us about your startup journey and diving into the details around Worky. Before we wrap up, is there any other advice you could leave our audience with? Definitely. I was always thinking what should be done better. And definitely don't be afraid to risk because life is too short to not risk. You definitely have to risk more and be open for challenges. Be like in move, be in rush, because it's only one way to really appreciate what you are doing. Right now, it's global trend for freelance market, for professional market. And according to Forbes, 50% of global workforce will be freelance in 2025. And just today, Google, as well-known companies, they already have 57% of their workforce as freelance and only 43% as employed professionals. This is just great example how companies moving for France. And I'm pretty sure uh, you, Steven, and your audience are aware about global layoffs that big companies also have. And this also could be a great opportunity for someone to start their business, to be independent. Uh, when we started working, we started working with the idea to empower people be independent and build their business for themselves, to grow their personal network to grow their personal brand and be a boss for themselves, be like flexible and open. So uh, that was our ambition at Rocky. And so this is point number one, risk more and don't be afraid about challenges because challenges is it what makes your life shine, right? And the uh, second one is invest more into education, invest more into your personal network because for consultants, it's really important to have strong network because you probably know that most of clients are coming as a referral to you because of your good work with someone before, because of your strong network. So invest into your education and invest into your network. Those would be my three main key points. Yor, I appreciate that. I think that's excellent advice and 
really insightful details too about the, especially those Google stats. I hadn't heard those before, but that's very interesting. Thanks so much for joining us here. It's been a pleasure to chat with you as always. And thanks for joining us on Beyond Consulting. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for having me. It's always a big pleasure to share my experience by hustling all those things, especially as our background is related to consulting. I really appreciate having you as my ex-colleague in some point of time. So thank you, Stephen, for having me. I hope my advices and my thoughts were really helpful for your audience. Uh, and also feel free to reach me out in case of any questions. I'm always open via LinkedIn or via my working personal website. Thank you, Yor. Thank you.